Imagine, if you will, you're sailing on the high seas, serving as a crew member on a merchant vessel, delivering cargo to another country across the Atlantic Ocean. You're on the ocean, on your voyage, only to notice that on horizon is another boat drifting aimlessly, appearing to be in distress. Furthermore, there appears to be no crew members on the boat, as this boat does appear to explain some very odd behavior. The captain orders yourself and your crew members to join him as a boarding party to investigate this vessel that appears to be showing some very odd behavior. You board the boat, only to discover there's no one on board, valuables left on board, the cargo left mostly intact, but also at the same time, there is no one aboard, and a lifeboat is missing. For another odd finding, the ship's compass is also broken and shattered, making it inoperable. What happened? Well, that there's a story of the Mary Celeste, which is a legendary ghost ship shrouded in mystery to this very day. Let's talk about it, but first... Let us begin. Cheers everyone, welcome to Bruce Still. I'm host Brandon, and for this is your Bruce Still, this is going to be the inaugural episode of what I call Barrel-Aged Stop Beer Mysteries. For these special episodes of Bruce Still, I'll be talking about a mystery that's at least over 30 years old and pairing it with a barrel-aged beverage, which in this case would be a stout beer or a bourbon or a whiskey. So for this inaugural episode of Barrel-Aged Mysteries, I'll be talking about the Mary Celeste, which is by far one of the most famous ocean mysteries in the world that spans going all the way back to the 18th hundreds. The Mary Celeste was a ship carrying alcohol from New York to Italy, only to be discovered drifting in the ocean abandoned with its crew members missing. The Mary Celeste will be the topic for the inaugural episode of Barrel Age Mysteries here in Brustilled. But first, what is the beer pairing for this first edition of Brustilled for Barrel Age Mysteries? That beer is called Pirate Weekend from Prairie Artisan Ales in Oklahoma. Pirate Weekend is an American style imperial stout that's also double pastry stout. This is a rum barrel aged stout that is brewed with coconut nut, caco nibs, and marshmallow as the flavors. This beer contains a very dark black color with a very small quickly disappearing head. Flavor-wise has a hint of booze, chocolate, coconut, and vanilla. Also with a hint of rum. Now for the most part this flavor of this beer is do come out mostly in chocolate with chocolate fudge, some coconut, and also sweet vanilla which I really think does come from the marshmallow influence in this beer. This beer is very rich and also one to be very sipped very carefully and also one not to be taken very lightly. It comes in a 12 ounce bottle with an ABV 13 13.7%. Pirate Weekend is going to be the third beer I've had from Prairie Artisan Ales here in Brewer's Stilled, and overall it's definitely a good stout to have. I definitely stout I definitely recommend. The sweetness definitely does make this more of a dessert style beer, which definitely does go with a very rich dessert, such as chocolate cake or probably even ice cream. I think this beer could be enjoyed all year round. It even could be a summertime stout at the same time. A definitely a good stout that has a universal flavor, and also could be enjoyed any time of the year. The artwork in the bottle is also very nice, has really nice festive coloring on the bottle, and I'm not sure we're going to see this beer again, although it does appear to be released all year round from Prairie Artisan Ales. But overall, it's an excellent, amazing stout beer, a good barrel-aged influence, with a good, nice group of flavors. For the marshmallow influence, I definitely think that really does help round out the sweetness of this beer, because it's not very often to have. Craft beers are also made with marshmallow, and just with Prairie Artisan Ales, Pirate Weekend is definitely a prime example of what can be accomplished when you brew craft beer with marshmallows and other sweet ingredients. And that beer is called Pirate Weekend 
from Prairie Artisan Ales in Oklahoma. The beer pairing for the very first edition of Barrel Aged Mysteries. So here I go with Barrel Aged Stout Beer Mysteries. What happened to the Mary Celeste? Our Barrel Aged Mystery for this edition of Brew Still is the story of the Mary Celeste, which is a story that has transcended the realms of time and space and the high seas since December 4th, 1872. For some background, the Mary Celeste was an American registered merchant ship best known for being discovered adrift and abandoned in the Atlantic Ocean on December 4th, 1872. The Mary Celeste was first commissioned in June of 1861 with the original name as the Amazon. The Mary Celeste, known as the Amazon at this time, began its maiden voyage on a transatlantic voyage all the way to London from its Canadian port in Nova Scotia with a stop in Five Islands to pick up some cargo of timber for its voyage. This was meant to be a very straightforward voyage without any kind of problems. But the Mary Celeste, still operating under the name of Amazon, began to show a share of troubles. Upon arrival in London to receive his cargo, the captain, a man by the name of Captain McCullen, became seriously ill and later died to his illness. As a result of these tragic turn of events, the Amazon is now given a new captain by the name of John Nutting Parker. Parker assumed command of the ship after his appointment and resumed the voyage to London. However, it wasn't really long afterwards, the Amazon continued to see its continued share of problems. Not long after John Parker took over as captain to resume the voyage to London, it was in the Amazon continued to face further trouble. After arriving back from London, she collided with fishing equipment in the narrows off the coast of Eastport, Maine. For another incident, she crashed into and sank a brig in the English Channel after leaving London for another trip. Despite this though, the Amazon remained in service as a merchant vessel. Captain Parker remained as captain for two years. It was in this time frame the Amazon worked mainly in the West Indies trade. She crossed the Atlantic to France in November 1861. She then went on to become the subject of a painting in France, possibly done by Unaware de Pelerigan, a well-known maritime artist at the Maricel School. For 1863, Parker's eventually replaced as captain of the Amazon by William Thompson. Thompson would remain in command until 1867 of the Amazon. The years that followed were quiet, with no major incidents reported for the Amazon. The Amazon continued to perform duties in the West Indies, England, and the Mediterranean Ocean. Yet, as in the past, the Amazon resumed its role in some rather unfortunate incidents. It was in October 1867 at Cape Burton Island, where the Amazon was driven ashore in a storm. She was so badly damaged that her owners abandoned her as a wreck, and she was therefore abandoned until a new chapter began, where the history began to be made for the storied vessel. The new chapter began in October the 15th of that year, in which she was acquired as a derelict ship by a man named Alexander McBean of Glacier Bay, Nova Scotia. For those who don't know, a derelict ship is a ship that is not seaworthy and has a need of repair to become seaworthy again, before being able to operate once more, which did occur in the case of the Amazon. McBean sold the wreck a month later after its purchase to a local businessman named Richard Haynes, who did later resell the Amazon for a very nice profit, right after making a need of repair to make it seaworthy and to increase its appeal as a shipping vessel. As a new owner, the businessman who was also experienced mariner self-appointed himself as a captain renamed the Amazon to the Mary Celeste. There was nothing found was what sparked his name change to the Mary Celeste, but could be possible that superstitions at sea played a role given the ship's history with troubled incidents on the high seas, so therefore, a name change was in store, which was now the Mary Celeste. And that is where the legend begins. Despite this though, the tenure for the new owner was very much short-lived, for the Mary Celeste. Due to falling on financial hard times and where the Mary Celeste was seized by creditors in the month of October 1869. The creditors later sold the ship to New York Consortium headed by James Winchester. No records of the Mary Celeste's trading activities during his time period exist after the Winchester 
purchase. For 1872, the Marie Celeste underwent a major refit, which would increase the ship's shipping capabilities. It was then a man by the name of Benjamin Smooner Briggs was appointed as captain of the Marie Celeste. Briggs, a Massachusetts native born on April 24th, 1835, assumed command of the Marie Celeste. The son of a sea captain, Briggs, did come to the Marie Celeste with 10 years of sailing experience. By this time of assuming the captainship, Briggs had achieved the highest standing within his field of captaining ships, although he had originally planned to retire from seafaring to establish a trade business with his brother. In the end, he chose the Marie Celeste for what would be a very fateful voyage into legend. For October 1872, Captain Briggs assumed his first command in Marie Celeste for her first voyage under his command, which came after refit in New York. Her destination, Genoa, Italy. Captain Briggs made arrangements for his wife and infant daughter to accompany him on his voyage, which would be shrouded in mystery to this day. Briggs chose a crew for his voyage, Genoa, Italy, which would be carrying a cargo of slightly over 1,700 barrels of denatured alcohol. Captain Briggs arrived at Pier 50 in the East River in New York City to supervise the loading of the ship's cargo. Before then, according to those close to the story of the Mary Celeste, Captain Briggs dined with a colleague that was also said to be a friend by the name of Captain David Morehouse, who is a fellow captain who also has his own ship called the De Grata. Like Captain Briggs, Morehouse had his own cargo, which is petroleum destined also for Italy, right through Gibraltar. It was said through this meeting over dinner that occurred the night before the departure of the Mary Celeste, it's been said that Captain Morehouse was made aware of the valuable cargo that was said to be delivered by Captain Briggs on the Mary Celeste. More on this later. The Mary Celeste departed for its voyage on a Tuesday morning, with Briggs, his wife, daughter, and seven crew members. There was uncertain weather patterns, which kept the Mary Celeste for a brief stop at Staten Island. The weather eased two days later, and the Mary Celeste left the harbor and entered the Atlantic on its very fateful voyage. As for Captain Morehouse, he left for the Gibraltar en route to Italy a few days later on the very same route as the Mary Celeste. The Mary Celeste did encounter some storms ten days into departure, while at sea before clearing up to better weather. Captain Briggs then logged the Mary Celeste's location six miles off the coast of the Azor Islands. The date was November 25th, 1872, which will always be known as the very last entry by Captain Briggs. Now, this word story now begins to take a very more mysterious and darker tone. It was ten days later after Captain Briggs' final log entry, where Captain Morehouse would make a very strange discovery that will forever place him into controversy for the story of the Mary Celeste. This started when his own boat arrived midway between the Azores off the coast of Portugal on December 5th, 1872. After being notified by his crew, a random floating ship at sea moving in a very odd direction, Captain Morehouse went on deck of his ship to make a very startling discovery. Through his binoculars, he could see no one was on deck, and upon further examination saw it was indeed the Mary Celeste, the ship whose captain he dined with not long ago. Captain Morehouse immediately sent the boarding crew to the now abandoned Mary Celeste. They did call out to the Mary Celeste, only received no reply. It was once boarding the Mary Celeste, they discovered something was indeed amiss. Captain Morehouse's boarding crew found the Mary Celeste was indeed deserted. Further adding to the mystery, the sails were partially set and in poor condition. Some sails were missing altogether. The Mary Celeste's single lifeboat was also missing, and there was also a long rope floating in the water on the stern side. The compass was also shattered. The ship's daily logbook was found in the cabin with its final entry date of 8 a.m. on November 25th, nine days earlier, which placed the ship's position off the Santa Maria Islands off the coast of the Azor Islands. The boarding crew also found personal items 
items scattered around Briggs' cabin, including the sheath sword under his bed. But most of the ship's papers are also missing, along with the captain's navigational instruments. There are also no obvious signs of violence, as it seemed there was indeed an organized departure from the ship on a missing lifeboat. After his crew informed him of their findings aboard the Mary Celeste, Morehouse then decided to bring the derelict Mary Celeste along with his own vessel into Gibraltar by dividing his crew to man the ship's to port. It was common knowledge in the maritime field that the salvager could expect a substantial award of money from combined value of the rescued vessel and its cargo, and with the cargo to Mary Celeste, with the alcohol found on board, Captain Morehouse stood to make a fortune with his discovery. Upon arrival to Gibraltar, the Mary Celeste was immediately impounded by the Vice Admiralty Court to prepare for salvage hearings. Captain Morehouse and his crew were immediately met with controversy upon arrival to Gibraltar with an extensive hearing to determine just exactly what happened to the Mary Celeste and her crew members. The hearings were conducted by a man by the name of Frederick Sully Flood, a flamboyant Attorney General of Gibraltar. Flood was immediately suspicious of Captain Morehouse and his crew, as he believed indeed something was suspicious given the bizarre events of the discovery of the Mary Celeste. He raised theories ranging from collusion between Captain Briggs and Captain Morehouse, foul play, and even murder on the Mary Celeste herself, with the sword as a murder weapon, which is fueled by the fact from nine empty barrels of alcohol that were located on the Mary Celeste. Just exactly what happened to the alcohol? Just how were nine barrels of alcohol empty on the Mary Celeste? Where did it all go? That's all part of the Mary Celeste and her mystery. Despite his efforts, though, there is no evidence of wrongdoing found with Captain Morehouse and his fellow crew members, which received a salvage payment of £1,700, or about one-fifth the total value of the ship and its cargo. For the Mary Celeste, she was handed back to her owners. As for Captain Morehouse and his crew, they were placed under the court of public suspicion forever, given the nature of their discovery of the Mary Celeste. Yet, as for Captain Briggs, his family, and crew members, where did they go? Multiple theories were raised, from Captain Briggs ordering the evacuation due to possible fumes from the ship's cargo, which would explain the ship's missing lifeboat. It's been speculated that Briggs, his family, and crew would wait in the lifeboat for the fumes to clear out, only to be separated from an abandoned Mary Celeste, which will sail on without them, leaving them stranded to an uncertain fate on the high seas. Were pirates at play? If so, why were so many valuables left aboard the Mary Celeste? Was there a mutiny by the crew at play? Also, why was it that Captain Morehouse was the one who discovered a ship after having dined with Captain Morehouse not long before? Was the only coincidence that he found a Mary Celeste abandoned in the high seas, or was it more at play? And, what about the compass and the Mary Celeste? Why was the compass broken? Very little information was found in the compass in research for this episode, but for the compass, in my view is by far one of the more tantalizing parts of the mystery to Mary Celeste. But it's indeed a very big question that does linger for this mystery about the compass, who broke it, and why. For me personally, I get very suspicious about Captain Morehouse and just how his crew discovered Mary Celeste all alone, drifting abandoned in the ocean on the very same route they were on to Genoa, Italy. There's just something about his story in terms of Captain Morehouse and his discovery that really does raise some red flags because it makes me believe that maybe, just maybe, he had a plan all along. But we'll just never know because that was back in the 1800s. There were no computers, no YouTube, no airplanes, no smartphones, no helicopters, and definitely not the technology we have now on the high seas. Back then, the ocean was just another wild west, only with water and no desert. So, what exactly happens to Mary Celeste? We'll never know, but there definitely are some red flags in this story with how the boat was discovered, the award that Captain Morehouse got, and also just how he was in the same route to Italy as the Mary Celeste. There is just one thing I do know, though, and that is the legend and the mystery of the Mary Celeste remains amongst the greatest mysteries of the ocean and also 
for the entire world. So that there's my very first barrel-aged mystery here in Brewstilled. Please do stay tuned for future barrel-aged style mysteries here in the Brewstilled podcast, where I talk about a mystery that is at least over 30 years old and pairing it with a barrel-aged beverage, such as stout beer or a bourbon or a whiskey that's been barrel-aged for quite some time. For the meantime, dash I do for me on this edition of Brewstilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast in your desired podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Do stay tuned for future barrel-aged mysteries, NFL coverage, pop culture content, TV show recaps, guest interviews, and other topics of interest. Please do enjoy some good craft beer, bourbon, whiskey. I'm your host Brandon, thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. And until then, be brewed, and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers.